Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And this is either going to be the start of an interesting series of messages or it'll be the shortest series ever. Uh, meaning that this could be the only message you get on this or that this could uh, uh, go into uh, things on things to come. I want to teach uh, preach on uh, a topic called things to come. Uh, I very rarely get involved or preach or teach on current events. Um, maybe I should do more of that. Uh, there's, uh, we're living in interesting times, if you haven't noticed. And we're on the brink of World War III. And uh, a lot of people have questions about that. A preacher uh, what are we looking for? What's going on here? I, I've talked with a number of preachers this week just about this very topic uh, on uh, uh, what players are involved right now, what's going on in Israel, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, I've been studying on it because of Sunday nights I'm in Revelation. And I'm coming in, finishing up Revelation 16, Lord willing, tonight. And that'll start us into Revelation 17. And a very interesting portions of Scripture. And so maybe it's just been on my heart and mind. But this morning, before we could even get to any of that, and all of that, we must understand what is this all about? What is what's going on in the world today? What's going on in our country today? What really is this about? Why are we so divided? So let's get some scripture. Let's read our scripture first, and, and you'll begin, you'll quickly understand uh, how this message is going to go. But we'll talk about some things uh, today, some things that are current events or things that are kind of going on. You'll be familiar with them when, when I uh, go over them, and it'll make it click. The scriptures, I'm, my goal is that the scriptures will click with you, and you'll begin to understand what's going on. And I want to begin reading in verse 10 on Ephesians chapter 6. And he says, he's signing off here. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So he's commanding us to be strong. And he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That word, we need to talk about that word today, and we will a little bit. Uh, some people pronounce that the willies, but that's not how you would pronounce that. It'd be the wiles, the wiles of the devil. And here we go, we begin to get into uh, the meat of what I'll be talking about today, because we are in a conflict. You've heard it said, we're soldiers of the cross. Uh, Christ, we're, we're part of God's army. Sometimes the children sing that uh, little song, uh, I'm in the Lord's army. And we are. We're not on a pleasure cruise. I, I know some of us think we are uh, in the Christian life, but we're not. We're on a battleship. We're on the old ship of Zion, and we have a job to do, but it's not against flesh and blood. Now, now look with me here in this verse. He says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So your, your battle, and my battle, is not going to be against 
people in the flesh. Although it can manifest itself through the flesh, that's not where the battle is. It goes beyond that. Look what he says. But, there's that contrast word, but against, so our, our battle, our wrestling is going to be against principalities, against powers. Now, just in case you think that's the government or the law and order, no, what, let's read the rest of the verse. Against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So he is going beyond and going on into the upper atmospheres or the heavens, spiritual wickedness and high places. That's a spiritual battle. Now, while you're right there, by way of introduction, just turn back right here in the book of Ephesians. Go back to chapter 2, and, and let me clarify, sometimes it can manifest itself through people. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 2, and, and, and verse 1, you need verse 1 for context, says, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, talking about us who got saved, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. There's that spiritual wickedness again. Now watch this. The spirit that now worketh in, not on, in, the children of disobedience. Sometimes this wickedness manifests through people. That's because there's another spirit working in them and through them. This is an unbeliever or a lost person. Now let's come back to our text for this morning. And verse 13, he says, Wherefore, because of this, because we're in a battle, because we're wrestling... Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand. You see that word withstand means to stand with resistance. It means you're going to offer resistance against this spiritual wickedness. In the evil day, we're living in an evil day. And then he says, and having done all to stand. Now here's where I get the title. As we're talking about the battle for truth. Or, as, as the PowerPoint says, the battle for truth, and, and we're talking about end times, we're in the last days. He says, stand, he's talking to the church here at Ephesus. He's talking to the Gentiles, same people, body of Christ, you and me, stand therefore. Now that word therefore means to stand for, come on down, truth. It's right there in the same verse. Now I'm going to read the verse, but now you kind of understand what we're to stand for. Truth, having your loins girt about with truth, it should be on you. And he says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, you should wear it. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now for today. Lord, help us as we look at these scriptures and we see that there is a command given that we're to stand for truth. And, and he says, especially so in the evil day or in the last day, he says we're wrestling. And Lord, uh, uh, help us to understand that and get a grip on this. 
Now, if there be some in here this morning that is lost, or some that's listening to my voice that is lost, Lord, let the Holy Spirit convict their heart. They, they need to get on the right side, the winning side. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. As I said earlier, in light of current events, what's going on in the Middle East? We see Israel is at war. I don't know if you picked this up this week, but the UN would not condemn Hamas for what she did, but passed eight resolutions condemning the nation of Israel. Imagine that, huh? Uh, and and, and it's, it's always so amazing if you go back through history just a little bit, uh, anytime uh, someone declares war on Israel, kind of like uh, the Six-Day War and so on and, and so forth, and then Israel gets to cleaning house and gaining territory, all of a sudden everybody jumps up, we need a ceasefire. Oh, you're, so, you're such bullies. Why is that? What's going on with that? And I've been asked that. Uh, preacher, what's going on over there? <clears throat> uh, what is this? Is this the start of World War III? Possibly. Uh, we'll get into that. Or this could just be another skirmish preparing us for the World War III. Somewhere in here we get raptured out. And so there's got to be a reason for the man of peace to come on, which the Bible calls the Antichrist. To bring peace, it won't last. Is this the tribulation? Some people have asked me. Now all these questions, they're good. But before we can answer those questions, we need to find out what is going on. Jesus said that this would happen. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence. All these would precede the second coming. Now, that's when Christ comes on the white horse. Not the rapture, but on the white horse to set up His thousand-year millennial reign. So, why? Why? Now, that's the better question. There's a battle today for truth. Since the fall of Lucifer, there's been a battle for truth. We cannot understand the Christian life. We cannot understand prophecy. We cannot understand the cross. We cannot understand eternity until we understand that there is a battle for truth. Look at what's going on today. People want to be identified by what gender they want to be. Not on what is their biology. America is passing laws as we speak called the pronoun mandate for the military, that you have to use a person's preferred pronouns or face disciplinary action, which could result in losing your job if you disobey. That happened this week. They rolled that out. Say, so what is that? What is that? We have anti-Semiticism growing in the world. We have Congress people who openly hate the Jews and have called for their annihilation. We have nations like Iran who want to totally destroy the nation of Israel. Why? There's a battle for truth. The Jew, according to this Bible, now this is going to go back to what is your worldview? 
Do you have a biblical worldview? That means God created everything and that we are a creature that is morally obligated and answerable to that creator. We have a function. We have a purpose. We have value in the eyes of our creator. And the Lord said in the beginning he created them male and female. There are only two genders. And so what's going on here? Number one, the Jew is God's chosen people. The Bible is clear on that. The land of Judea was given to the Jews by God himself. Now I want you to notice I said the land of Judea and not the land of Palestine. Now why would I do that? Well, it was the Roman emperor in 135 A.D. named Hadron who changed the name of, of, uh, to Palestine or Palestinia. Why? Well, he, was, he changed it from Judea to Palestine or Palestinia. And he did this to erase the Jewish presence in the land. Why? Why would that guy do that? Why is it referred to as that land? Someone's trying to change truth. Somebody's trying to change what has been established by God as truth. And it's not... The individual, uh, many times if, if, if a person asks me a question or they have a particular belief, I'll ask them, who told you that? Where, who told you that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you read that? Many times I hear, nobody told me that. I just think that way. I feel that way. I got news for you. Uh-uh. Something whispered in your ear. Somebody told you if it goes against this Bible... Something else is at work. And that's what the Bible is telling us. There is spiritual wickedness in high places. And the leader of that, and the Bible is clear that the God of this world is Satan. And so he is anti-Christ. God has given us the truth. He says, I made them male and female. He says marriage is between one man, one woman. And so we see truth being changed today for a truth with a little t. A little t truth, not the capital T truth. It's Satan battling and exchanging because the Bible says that Satan, he's going to change the truth of God into a lie. He doesn't do away with it. He begins to work to change it. So I'm going to give you a few points this morning about the conflict. Number one, the conflict out of verse 12. We have a conflict going on. He says, we wrestle not. Now that's an interesting word. I believe all of you understand the word wrestle a little bit. Now it works better in my mind uh, as grappling. Grappling is a synonym of wrestling. But most of you, when you listen or hear the word wrestling, you think of the WWE on TV, big time wrestling, which I'm going to burst your bubble. It's fake. It's a show. And I know people, we got people in this church, they'll get mad at me. I probably won't get no Christmas present now because I said that. Now it's fun to watch. I, 
In my day, when I watched it, Dusty Rhodes was the king. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. Is he still even alive? I, I, that, that, I was five or six when he was the king. We, I used to watch it every Saturday morning. My dad, mom, mom was grocery shopping, so dad and I watched that. Come on, on Saturday morning. After Saturday morning cartoons. I had a great childhood. You know, we watched the, the WWE, and, and, and uh, Dusty Rhodes was the, was the champ then. And so, uh, that word wrestling, it means to fight, to contend, to battle, to strive, to struggle. So this is going to be a struggle. It's not a gunfight. It's not a knife fight. It is a close quarter fight. That's what wrestling's about. It's, it's hand-to-hand combat, grappling, wrestling. I don't care what it is. It's not a boxing match. It's actually grabbing the opponents and looking for an off-balancing point uh, called a kazoosh. Uh, that's, that's Japanese for off-balancing or off-center. And they begin to grapple. They begin to struggle looking for the tipping point to pull the, uh, the opponent off-balance. Once the balance is found and you can off-balance your opponent, you can throw them. And he's saying, Christians, this... It's a grappling match. This is a battle. You ever had a situation where you just couldn't get your hands on it? It wasn't necessarily black and white, although it should have been, but you just couldn't bring it to a conclusion. What is that? Oh, I'll tell you. That was spiritual wickedness that was driving that. Uh, spirits. You can't get your hand on a spirit. They're just too slick. And he says, we're in this conflict. A close quarter fight, hands-on, grappling. And by the way, if you're going to do any fighting, 90% of all fighting goes to the ground. It will end up into a, a grappling match. I don't watch the current UFCs because they've turned them into tough man contests. They don't want them grappling on the ground because it's boring. People don't like boring. And it's too slow. They want to see the... The, the boxing and the kicking and the blood, but they don't like the grappling because now you're going to use the mind. You're going to use leverage, and you're going to have to think. And he says, that's what kind of conflict and battle you're in. This thing wants to wrestle with you and I. This is the conflict to undermine our foundation. What's the Bible say there in Psalms? If the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do? And so this spiritual conflict, this wrestling match, has anybody ever wrestled in here much? I'm going to tell you, that'll wear you out, won't it? That will wear you out. You, you, can, you can stand and box and kick. Uh, me, just box, but, you know, kicking. Uh, and, and that operates a different part of the body. And, and you can dance around roll around in my words, but dance around. But when you take it to the ground, that will suck the life out of you. It just hangs on. 
Anybody remember the Gracies? They're, they're masters at the ground game. And they just literally hang on there like an anaconda. They get a hold of you. And they're waiting for the opportunity to off-balance and to gain superiority. And many of those opponents, if you watch the early UFCs, they tapped out because they were exhausted. They didn't know what to do. Bingo. That's the devil. He's a master at it. And this is the conflict. This is the kind of conflict. But let me give you the contenders. Our contenders. In verse 12, he says it's spiritual wickedness. It's not flesh and blood. And like I said, even though it can manifest through the flesh, I've seen it here in these 12 years, manifest through people that become anti-Christ or work against the work of God. It can manifest through people because they're driven by another spirit. But our, our fight, our conflict is not against them. You say, what do you do? Well, you stand for truth. We'll get to that in a minute. You do a lot of praying and God will do a lot of working. But the contenders, it's not flesh and blood. Even though you can feel it in the flesh, I got a diary that I used to keep on every message I preached in this church in the early years. Now, I haven't kept up with it. I, I quit uh, some years back uh, after some major uh, 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 issues. But maybe someday, if God tarries, and I'm here maybe on the 20th year anniversary, if you're all still around or God's not raptured us out, I'll read some of that for you. It's an interesting read. I read some of it to the children back last year, and they just couldn't understand because I go home and I would share my personal take on how the message went, what kind of resistance I ran into, not physically, spiritually. And I, I kid you not, more often than not, I talked about demonic interference in the service. I would literally go home on a Sunday morning and, and be so exhausted I couldn't eat because I'd been in a grappling match with spiritual wickedness in high places. Not so much anymore. There's been a big change. There's not that major spiritual conflict. I get it occasionally. Interesting read. But the point is it'll leave you physically exhausted. You ever been around those kind of people? You're trying to help them. And they might have some problems, but when you, when you leave them, they leave you exhausted. You're just like, man, I'm tired. I need a nap. You ever been around people like that? It's exhausting, isn't it? That means there's another spirit, not the individual, another spirit at work. And it began to work on you. And I assure you, it was against truth. So this is a spiritual battle. Spiritual wickedness, the rulers of darkness, against principalities and powers. Now a prince, principalities, a prince with a sovereign power. A prince or principality, as he's using it here, is a territory that a prince is over. Now we're going to get into the spiritual realm. Let me read you a piece out of Daniel. Daniel experienced this. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, 
For from the first day that thou didst sent, set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. He was praying and fasted for 21 days. You ever prayed and just couldn't get an answer through? He was like, where is God? Well, this might help you. And so sometimes you might need to pray and persevere through pray, prayer. Don't just pray once and say, well, I don't think God heard me. Uh, let's listen. Let's listen to what happened to Daniel. And he says, thy words were heard. Talking about from the first day he had prayed his prayer. And I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and he's not talking about Cyrus. He's talking about there was a prince of Persia, there was a demon or a devil that was over the region of Persia. Now, does anybody know where modern-day Persia is? They changed their name in about 1974. Iran. Iran. The Bible's telling you there is a demonic entity that is over that region, that is driving, that is working in the children of disobedience in that territory. Now watch this. He says, the prince of Persia, he said, God sent me to give you your answer. And as I was coming down, the prince of Persia withstood me one in 20 days, 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Uh-oh, other ones. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia. Uh-oh, your Bible's telling you there's a demonic presence over Greece that rules that territory. Uh, my mind recalls years ago uh, listening to Paris Reedhead, a great expositor of the Bible, and he was a veteran missionary into Africa. And he was amazed that those people who did not have a Bible, had never seen a preacher, knew more about God than he did, and he had spent four years in a, in a seminary. And he asked them, why are you not worshiping God, Jehovah? They knew him. He said, oh, we know him. We know him, but he's mad at us. He said, why is he mad at you? He said, because he don't like our chickens. We sacrifice chickens. We like to do that. And so we serve another God. And they had a name for that God. He's over this area. They're like, what? And he, we sacrifice chickens to him, and he blesses our crops and, 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 and blesses us as long as we sacrifice those chickens to him. Those people that didn't have a Bible knew that there was demonic forces in high places that was over certain parts of this land. I mean, after all, Satan's the god of this world. And so, he said, I will show thee that which is noted in the Scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince. There's two princes, two spiritual princes that are over two different regions on this globe. And I'm telling you, they're not there for good. They're opposing truth. They're opposing God. So that's one of the contenders. You and I, if we're saved, if we're born again, if we're standing for truth, if we align up with God, we got a biblical worldview, we're the other contender. But then we get to the contention. 
What is this conflict about? Really, what is the conflict in Israel about? What is it? What's the problem? If you go to Genesis 15, God promised all that land from the sea to the river to Israel. Why do you think they say that? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Why would they choose those words? Oh, I'll tell you why. That was the land, and they know this, God give to Israel, God's chosen people. What are they doing, preacher? They're changing truth. They're saying, we reject that because the God they're serving and their children of the devil says, we don't like God's truth. So the contention is about truth. God's word versus Satan's word. Remember this, Pilate said this. Pilate therefore said unto him, to Christ, Art thou the king of the Jews? Or out the, art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, watch this, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Oh, what do you mean truth? What did Pilate say? What is truth? What is truth? He had later told Christ, he says, you know, if I want to, I could let you go. I could work this thing around to, to release you. And what did Jesus say? You have no power over me unless it were given to thee from above. But Pilate was saying, truth is what I say it is. Truth is what I say it's truth. He was a crooked politician, a crooked judge. Truth. You see, truth is the bullseye upon which Satan has his eye. God's truth changes lives. God's truth delivers souls from the bondage of sin. It's God's truth that translates the believer into the kingdom of God's Son. Remember that? Colossians 1, about verse 13. When you get saved, God translates you out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You're a child of light. In John 8, 32, the Bible says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is the truth. This Bible, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This book is the truth. So Satan, he's against God's truth. And Satan will not stop this warfare against God's truth until he is cast into the lake of fire. And Jesus said this to the Pharisees. I told you this will manifest itself through people who are children of the devil, of the wicked one. Year of your father, the devil. They had chosen to line up with the devil against the truth. God's truth, God's Son. God said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Christ, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He had done so many miracles right before them, but they rejected it. They wanted to change the truth because they were serving a God who was against our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, you're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer. From the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. 
You got people that want to go about murdering and lying. You can rest assured, my people, that they're being pushed and driven by a foul spirit. God's children in the Holy Spirit doesn't go around killing and murdering. I mean, you and I might have a fallen out, but that doesn't mean I will have murderous thoughts against you. I don't even have murderous thoughts. Maybe some of the people I've come in conflict with in, in these 12 years uh, uh, in this church, there, there's no way. The Holy Spirit of God, we, we, we don't do that. It, that comes from the people that follow Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. Why do you think they want to murder Jews? Oh, they're of their father, the devil. I'm probably getting in trouble this morning. But I'm giving you truth. The battle is for truth. You see, Satan aims at the truth. I need to finish that verse because I need to make another comment. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Parents, grandparents, do not tolerate lying out of your children and grandchildren. It means they've spent too much time or there's another spirit playing with them. They're not just lying on their own. Something is pushing and driving it. And it is your job as a parent, as a guardian, to protect them and to guide them in truth. Today, so many people, they just kind of laugh when their kids and grandkids and children lie. It's like, <laughs> I remember years ago, well, that's what so-and-so does. You know so-and-so. No, I don't know. <laughs> I know Satan does that. It should be a capital offense. There should be severe punishment for lying because they're too close to the devil and you want to guide them into the right path and move them into the path of righteousness. So instead of going out and destroying truth, he changes it. The Bible says this in Romans 1, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, Satan is a creature, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Let me give you some things. Satan's aim is to change what God has established is truth. God said male and female. Satan says preferred pronouns. That's the battle. It's being changed. I'm not playing that game. I like what Jordan Peterson said. You can throw me in jail, but I'm not taking part in your dysphoria, gender dysphoria. You're either male or you're a female. You're not what you think you are. I asked one of the, the students here uh, if this high school has a litter box in it. They told me it did. Our kids are being bombarded with lies. Because somebody in that school's running around pretending they're a cat. That, that's not right. Actually, is a sickness. We don't need to play and take part into that dysphoria game. We need to stand for the truth. I didn't say, again, our battle's not against flesh and blood. Don't take what I'm saying. So, oh, so I got I to gotta be mad at those people. No, they need help. They need the gospel. They need love. Sometimes a little love, a little caring, a little, a little uh, working with them. Now, in the years to come, folks, we're going to have to deal with this. It'll be in one of our families or it, it, we're going to have to deal with it. 
But just because we've got to deal with it doesn't mean we've got to go along with it. That's what the devil's doing. He's changing truth. What does the Antichrist say? What does, what does the Bible say? And Daniel said he'll, he'll go about changing laws and times. Well, there's a precursor to that before that time comes. We're already on that path. God said one man, one woman. Satan says marry whoever you want. Men with men, women with women. What is that? They're changing truth. God's truth, God set it up. He says, in the beginning I made them male and female. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave therefore unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There's the leaving, there's the cleaving, and there's the weaving. But Satan comes along and says, you're not hurting nobody. Love whoever you want. And so they've changed it. You see... God said, my word is truth. Satan says, yea, if God said. Is that not what he said to Eve? In the very beginning, it was a battle for truth. God says, don't eat the tree, you'll die. Satan says, God's holding out on you. Ye shall not, he added one word, three letters, surely die. He lied. He lied. He changed the truth. Only by adding three letters totally changed what God had said. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Satan says, go the way you like best as long as you're sincere. God said in Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. God's telling you, there's no other God that sits by me. And what did Satan say? I will ascend into heaven. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. What's he saying? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be above God. Because it's going to be my truth. Have you heard that phrase? See, today when we get into courtrooms or the day when we're trying to take care of problems, it's not, it's not my side of the story no more. It's, let me tell you my truth. Nah. That's your side. There's two sides to every story, and then there's the truth. Sometimes people line up to the truth, but if you've done any counseling, you'll find out sometimes both parties are wrong. Now what do you do? Well, you've got to layer down and say, well, both of you are wrong, because here's the truth of the matter, here's what God said, and both of you are not operating right. You think about, about the conflicts you've had in your relationship, maybe your marriages. I guarantee you can boil it down, it's always been about truth. Think about that. What you might have perceived was the truth. And your spouse was perceiving it in a different way. But it was about truth. Maybe you've had a conflict and you're expecting your husband to be the provider, to be there, to be the spiritual leader, and to be the leader in the home. And all of a sudden he thinks his truth is, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to play a video game all day, do what I want, and I'm just around when I need something from you. That creates conflict. What's it about? Truth. Someone has changed the truth. The contention, the battle today is about truth. Ch Satan is changing God's truth for his truth.
and they're in your face about it. They're argumentative about it, and they don't make a lick of sense because God says they're blind and they've been given over. But there is a spirit driving that. So what's our commission? What is our commission? What are we do to do about this, preacher? Well, it's clear here in verse 14. We're to stand for truth. I, I didn't hit on this because I'm on it quite a bit, but I'll mention it. There's a lot of churches today that are changing the truth. I, I, look around. There's, there's other churches in town that are totally filled. And they're not having an actual Bible-centered church service. They're having what us old folks would equate to a rock and roll concert, which is nowhere in the Bible unless you're dealing with false worship and devil worship and idol worship. And it's all done in the name of good. Why is that? Why are we on the fence about women pastors and women preachers? And women deacons. Why? The Bible's clear on that. It's not up for debate. The truth is what the Bible says it is. But somebody's changing that. And so they're saying, well, you all can do what you want, but we're coming out and we're going to do this. There's denominations splitting over that. Why? Somebody's changing truth. That's why. Someone is changing truth. And our commission is to stand for truth. We're to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means deception. To lead someone to believe in something that is not true. Facebook is notorious for that. Yeah. People leading you to believe that everything's just peachy in their life and the whole world's falling apart. That's called deception. Deception. It'd be better if you just didn't post at all. <laughs> I mean, you do what you want, but why would you want to lie? See, there's something driving that. TV, Hollywood's notorious for this. We, we think we can whip the world because the good guy always wins. And why? Because it's in every movie. It's, I don't even like, do you like watching movies with bad endings? No. <laughs> I want the hero to win. What is that? Well, that's deception. Don't always go down that way. Tricks. To live by deception or fraud. Withstanding in the evil day. That's what we're to do. We're to stand up for truth. Say, well, there's not many of us. No. No, and it's going to get smaller and smaller as we get closer and closer to the second coming of Christ. You see, we're to stand for the truth, the Word of God, the Bible. Every situation has two sides. In our homes, with our children and grandchildren, we understand for truth even if it means your child is in the wrong. Uh-oh. Did pastor really say that? Pastor, haven't you learned your lesson? <laughs> well, I have a grandchild. <laughs> and I, I kind of understand the feeling now. You're very defensive. You want to believe your children and child is always in the right, but always remember this. Anytime that little mouth is moving, they're lying. You know it. You know it. 
even mine, even mine, they lie. They're good at it. We never have to teach them how to do that, do we? No, of course not. In our churches, churches split today over silly things, but I'll promise you, it'll boil down to truth. Always. Well, I think you did that. <laughs> I had people that were mad at me because they said I had sold my house years ago and hadn't tithed on that. You know, I'm still trying to sell that house. <laughs> that was not true. <laughs> it wasn't true. It wasn't true. Even in churches. You say, what, what side do I take? The side of truth. Many times I have to wade into a situation and as soon as I identify the person that is lying, there's where I see the, the spirits working, the evil one. And I got to work to try to reconcile this. See, we're to stand for righteousness. That's right living. The active and passive obedience of Christ by which the law of God is fulfilled. Christ says, be holy as I am holy. Stand for the true gospel. There's a perverted one. Where to stand for the true gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection. Salvation by grace through faith, not of works. Not by church sacraments. Where to stand for the faith. He says, watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. We're to stand for the right faith. There's a wrong faith. You see, the Bible says the devil, he preaches another gospel, he preaches another Jesus, and he has another spirit. You see, we're to be on guard and stand for the right one. Jude says this, Beloved, when I gave all due diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend. There we are in that grappling match again. We're to stand for true salvation and stand for the Bible. It should be our sole authority in life, and it should dictate our faith and practice. Folks, today the battle is for truth. We're seeing major changes going on and what it is is the spirit of wickedness the spirit of iniquity which is which is working and he's stronger now than ever before is working to deceive and to deceive people to the light of the glorious gospel the glorious gospel is the true gospel is God's truth and the devil is working to blind people's minds and we might be the only Bible they ever read. And so we're to stand for the truth. We're to be children of light and to celebrate the light. And I ask you today, will you stand for truth? Will you stand for truth? Or will you be with those who will not endure sound doctrine, truth, and be turned to fables, he said. There's a lot of people turning to fables today. They're not standing for truth no more. Will you stand for truth? 
The situation in the Middle East is about truth. It's about what God said. This land is Israel's land. It's the land of Judea. And God gave it to them because God has the title. And Satan says, uh-uh. God even says that his seat that he's going to rule from is in Jerusalem. And Satan says, uh-uh. No. No. That ain't happening. I'm opposed to that. And he moves people to move against God's truth. God said male and female. The devil says preferred pronouns. You can be whatever you want to be. It's unlimited. God says marriage. One man, one woman. The devil says, nah, you can marry your dog. Men with men, women with women. It doesn't matter. As long as you love and you're sincere. Jesus says there's only one way, one truth, one life. The devil says, oh no, just as long as you're sincere. There's people, there's agents for Satan that actually preach that. There is multiple ways to heaven. They say, no, just as long as you sincerely believe. Uh Uh-uh, no. No, there's only one way. Now what is that? And why do people argue and fight over that? Come to blows. Because somebody wants to change truth. It's about truth. You meditate on that this week. And see if I'm not right about the situations that you faced in your life. The disagreements you've had with people will have in some way been about truth. Perceived truth. Maybe you've lost friends over doctrines, what you believe in the Bible. Oh yeah. Let's all stand this morning. Truth. Will you stand for truth? Or will you turn to the fable? That's Satan's truth. That's really what's going on. We can't understand anything in the Bible till we understand there's been a battle raging. And it started in Genesis. And God said, I'll bruise your head, you'll bruise my heel. What was that? Oh, it was war. We're caught in it. we got to 